And Dragonfly specifically was created so that the ladies have a job and a soft landing when they're released from prison because it's very hard, as I'm sure you know, for the formerly incarcerated to find work. And especially when you're first released and have nowhere to go, you need a place to land. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I speak with changemakers from all over the world who are contributing to the common good. Contributing to the common good in even the smallest of ways is proven to help us age with vitality and deep contentment. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. My goal is to share optimism about aging and introduce you to guests who will inspire you to live with zest. And to find out more about this podcast, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. And while you're there, sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind the scenes looks at our guests and other fun tidbits. If you love the podcast, I'd be grateful if you shared it with your friends. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, a previous guest. Find out more at judybanker.com, and our technical director is Stephen Litweiler. Have you ever had one of those synchronous experiences where everything falls exactly into place? Well, this spring I traveled to Florida for the National Senior Games and interviewed the self-proclaimed Python Avenger of the Everglades. That interview is airing soon. Back to the story. I wanted to check into my hotel room, but it was too early. So what's the logical thing to do when you have some time to kill and you're far from home? If you said thrifting, you are right. I googled best thrift stores near me and came across a modest storefront with a sign, Dragonfly Thrift Shop. But as soon as I walked in, I could tell this was no ordinary thrift shop. Posters and literature explain that the proceeds went to women ex-felons in Florida to help them rebuild their shattered lives. The woman at the desk told me that all of the volunteers were ex-felons and had benefited from this program. So it took about one second for me to jump on the opportunity to learn more about the program and ask if I could interview the manager. Sure, the clerk said, she's at lunch and she'll be back in about 15 minutes. And then she directed me to another thrift store in Little Havana, which was very cool. And I returned in about a half an hour to be introduced to the manager, Nancy DeNike. She talked to me about LEAP, the program she went through herself, and the one she's now helping with. Uh, For 14 years, LEAP has been one of the only nonprofits in the country to focus exclusively on supporting formerly incarcerated women heal by providing them education, housing, and employment. What follows is the interview I had on the spot with my portable mic, with Nancy DeNike, former felon and now manager of Dragonfly Thrift Boutique in Florida. And I think my gratitude for this opportunity will come through. Enjoy. And I am here in person with Nancy DeNike. 
and she's the store manager of Dragonfly Thrift. We're in Miami, Florida, not far from Little Havana, right? Or Havana, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I just came upon this place, pure serendipity, because I'm down here, as you know, doing the National Senior Games. Drove down this morning to uh, come to Miami to do the Python uh, gig tomorrow night, fell upon this place, learned about it, and knew I wanted to know more, and I know my audience would love to know more. So let's start, Nancy, just why is this a different kind of thrift store? Great. Well, uh, Dragonfly Thrift Boutique was created as an offshoot from the organization LEAP, which stands for Ladies Empowerment Action Program. And LEAP is an organization that helps women who are incarcerated. They have an in-prison program, and they also extend that help to when the ladies are released. And Dragonfly specifically was created so that the ladies have a job and a soft landing when they're released from prison, because it's very hard, as I'm sure you know, for the formerly incarcerated to find work. And especially when you're first released and have nowhere to go, you need a place to land. I see. And is it for people, just geographically, is it for people in Dade County? Is it like... uh What's what's the geography that you cover with your program? Um, LEAP goes to all the state prisons in Florida. And our executive director, Malia Lindquist, travels to the prisons. This is for the female population. Mm-hmm. And she interviews the girls who are interested eight to six months before they're released. Mm-hmm. And then she accepts as many as the prison allows and they have space for. And then they go through a program that's five months, five to six months in the prison before they leave, which addresses um, addiction issues, trauma issues, and um, mental illness issues. And they go through that program. And then when they graduate, if they want to stay in the Miami area, we have two transition houses And we have the thrift store where they can start work, and they're guaranteed at least three months of employment here. Mm -hmm. So what are the characteristics of women in prison who decide to join the program and say, yes, I want to sign up for LEAP? Well, it's women who either do not have a place to go, I mean literally don't have a place to go, mm-hmm. or that know the place that they have to go will not be healthy for them. Okay. Or it's women who want to change their life and see as an opportunity. Um, that's, that's basically it. What, is there something that you've seen, because it seems to me as a psychotherapist that if you have a trauma background, of course, that colors everything that happens. Uh, and I'm just wondering, you know, how somebody is able to see through that and say, yes, I have some clarity and I know I need to go a different way. Well, do you see anything in these women who are carrying what I'm sure a huge proportion of your women have a trauma history? Is it just something we don't understand or have you seen something? 
Well, I, I think there's a lot that the general public does not understand because they haven't experienced incarceration. And um, I'm a LEAD graduate myself, mm -hmm. and I was incarcerated, so I can give firsthand information on that because before that I was the general public. I am not someone who had a criminal record. I am someone who... Um, had a decent family life, graduated from college, mm -hmm. I had a career. Um, Midlife, my life just turned upside down. I suffered from some very traumatic experiences and trauma. I lost loved ones. I lost my business. Mm -hmm. I was losing my home. I ended up taking money from my employer, mm -hmm. and then I was arrested. Mm -hmm. But I was 56 years of age when that happened. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it wasn't my lifestyle. I didn't know anything about the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. And the most shocking thing to me was when I got to prison after spending 11 months in county jail, um, which is a whole other story, <laughs> maybe too long for this podcast. But um, what I found was that the women were there were not criminals. They were not bad people. Mm -hmm. They were people who were suffering. Mm -hmm. The women especially. Now, I can't speak for the men. Yes. Women, yeah. But the women, what, what I saw were women suffering from abuse, mm -hmm. from mental illness, mm -hmm. from addiction, from poverty. And I was shocked. I was like, wow. The prison couldn't stay open if they just kept people that really aren't capable that you know that that really are what, what do you want to say hardened criminals meaning honestly. that are you saying that it's such a, a wide net it's not many hard criminals yes. it's people who got unlucky well no it's people who have many people who haven't even gotten a chance in life. You know, we talk about second chances, mm -hmm. but what about a first chance? Mm -hmm. I met women there who have been raped since the age of three. Mm -hmm. How do you get over that? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's so many stories. I, you know, it, it's amazing. So I think the first, I think I've gotten off topic of what the question was in the beginning. That's okay. However, I think, yeah. what, what, what I've, wanted to bring it around to was that I don't think the general public understands who we're locking up. And okay. I think that it's changed since uh, the opiate crisis. Yes. There's a tremendous amount of people who are locked up for drug addiction that, you know, maybe that's not the proper place for them or that's just where they end up at the end. Yes. And, um, you know, here at LEAP, we're trying to really break the stigma of how people think about the incarcerated. Okay. Because... What we see is, oh, these are bad people, you know. They it's us and them. It's us and them. It's it's the, it's the citizens and the bad people. It's the citizens and the bad people. And what was um, my eyes were opened up to when I got there was, no, we we've suffered the same things, some much more than others, and um, the way to solve this, unfortunately, is not prison. It's you know, compassion, and it's the kind of work that you do, you know, and these are things that are deep-seated that we have to get to the bottom to. And um, It's a humanity issue. It's a humanity issue. It's and not It's not a crime issue per exactly. se. So Thank the you. crime is here, but the humanity, oh, if yes. you're looking at 
you know, I think about sort of a dandelion. Let's look really more at the roots. And also, I, and, and you know more about this than I do, but the economics, if you're born into poverty and you're a person of color, yes, your chances of sort of thriving in the society are just greatly minimized. Yes, yes. It's a, there's a lot of factors involved. And, you know, I, I say... Unfortunately, when someone's been to prison, it's like people shun them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's the same population that you're trying to help who are homeless. It's the same population that you're trying to help when you're giving money for mental illness. Mm -hmm. It's the same population um, that you're trying to help when you're helping battered women or abused women, mm -hmm. um, this is just where they end up mm -hmm. in the end when they don't I get see. the help. I That's see. what I saw. And I was, in my eyes were just like, oh my God, you know? Um, it was a shock to you. It was you. a shock. Yeah. I was like, wow. And so, you know, I was one of those people that at the end I didn't know where I was going to go. Mm -hmm. And Leap, thank goodness, comes into the prison where I was. And I applied, and I was accepted, mm -hmm. and there wasn't a bed for me, but by the end of the time I spent in the program, there was. Did that help you serve your time, knowing that there was something waiting for you? It, it did. Unfortunately, I didn't know till um, I don't know, maybe four or five months before I was released. That you had a, a little spot. frightening, mm -hmm. but... Um, one thing that you had mentioned at the beginning or the beginning of this question was, you know, what type of women will do this? Unfortunately, I think in a desperate situation, you know, you do what you have to do mm -hmm. and it might be the only opportunity for them. This is the only program I know of like this for women. Definitely the only program like this in Miami. Mm -hmm. And um, I... I think that um, some of the, the women, too, the only choice they might have had was to go to what they call work release, which is something that they do at the last part of your sentence where you kind of have one foot in freedom and one foot in the prison. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's very hard to make enough money to save to get out and do anything with. So I had to, I looked at it that way and meant, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity. I don't know what it's about. I don't know how much it's going to help, but I don't like the other option. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think that happens to women there, but these classes are small, you know, we need funding. So, mm -hmm. um, first of all, the space that the prison allows is, you know, a classroom setting. So mm -hmm. the classes might be 30, 35 women at a time. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, there's a lot more women to serve there, obviously. But uh, Leap's been growing. They've been growing since I've been out, um, even during COVID. We, wow. Yeah, we created a, a virtual academy, too, that reaches out to felons from all over the country, mm -hmm. ex-felons, um, to help start uh, a small business. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's addressed in the LEAP program within the prison, too. Mm -hmm. First, they address the issues of trauma and addiction. Mm -hmm. And then they go in and, and show you, okay, here's hope for your future. Mm -hmm. And they have an entrepreneurial program where the women 
develop mini businesses, a micro business, and then they have that business plan to walk out the door with. And that's our hope. Do you have any podcasts that are uh, women who have been incarcerated talking about their journey? We don't have a podcast. Um, We do speak up quite a bit in, you know, in our area here. And, um, no, that's a great thought, though. Um, I know that out of San Quentin, there's a very famous podcast of uh, the men there who are incarcerated and to do a podcast. Um, I've heard of that one. Uh, and I just think the women's experience is probably so different, yeah. especially if they're mothers or whatever. And I think... I'm sure there's a place for that, and we can talk about that okay. after we uh, after <laughs> we end. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about um, trauma treatment. Um, well, as far as um, the the treatment that the ladies go through while they're still in prison, mm-hmm. there's a lot of journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of group discussion mm-hmm. and one-on-one discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, the ladies are put in a secure place where they feel comfortable to speak. We have a marvelous um, uh, mental health, um, I call him the Zen guru of recovery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His name is Dale Quaint, and he's wonderful, and he goes into the prison, and he has a history of addiction and recovery, and the, the women, they call him St. Quaint because he's so wonderful, oh, wow. but he just makes them feel comfortable talking about the trauma and the addiction because he's an open book. And so he goes in there and he says, you can, you can speak it here. I've heard you're, it. Yeah. You're accepted. You mm-hmm. won't be judged. Mm-hmm. And I can top any story you have. And, and he's just wonderful. That says a lot yeah. because many women trauma survivors are not interested in speaking to men about no. their trauma. So he must really have a special way of making it feel safe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's very special. So we're, we're really, really lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have uh, a wonderful case manager. Her name is Corrine Webb, and she goes mm-hmm. in and, and runs the business portion mm-hmm. and the entrepreneurial portion, mm-hmm. and she's, um, I call her half mother, half guardian angel. She also mm-hmm. meets you as you're released, make sure you're fed, you're clothed, you're mm-hmm. housed, you get to your appointments on time. She deals with you with probation, with mm-hmm. your um, mental and physical health. Wow. And she's, she's a superwoman, and... We're really, really lucky to have her, too. Um, she's employed by LEAP? or Yes, by, I she's see. a staff member of mm-hmm. LEAP. And so um, we're lucky to have the individuals. In the, we're small, but we're mighty. We yeah. have some really, really <laughs> key players. Mm, sounds that, like that it. That help with all these things. And, um, you know, we're, we're fairly small, but we're trying to, um, you know, of course, always raise the funds every year. And, um, Do you direct, go out, you go out and you uh, well, we, we yes we're we're supported by grants mm-hmm. and um, f- this year for the first time we received county money which mm-hmm. is really big for us mm-hmm. and um, we have very generous donors that are repeat donors and Malia Linquist is our fearless leader and mm-hmm. she goes out and she shakes the money tree and she's really good at it and 
you know, our, our cause, when people hear about mm-hmm. it and they understand, mm-hmm. um, there's learning that happens there, and there's more acceptance that happens there, mm-hmm. and there's more support that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, our our space here at Dragonfly serves for just, for also not just Dragonfly, but Leap. So we have events here so that mm-hmm. people can see who we are. Mm-hmm. They love that the ladies work here. Mm-hmm. Many of the ladies will share their personal stories, mm-hmm. and it touches people's hearts, and they start to have understanding for the, the formerly incarcerated and what has happened in these women's lives. And it's magical. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. It really is. So it, it, it sounds like it has given you so much more than a job. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like I've finally, it's so crazy because I remember one day, um, you know, when the, our transition houses are within walking distance and, mm-hmm. um, I, I have a car now, but I walked for the first year and a half. And I remember one day walking to work, and I hadn't been walking that long. And I just burst into tears because I went, oh, my gosh. My friends from now on and my family may all be ex-felons. And then I was like, and I'm just so okay with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just this moment. And I went, you know. Mm-hmm. Your identity it doesn't just. doesn't matter. You know. <laughs> There's no judgment. There's no judgment. It's and like, you've done it, I've done it, okay, and, and here I am. You know, we if any of us were held for our past mistakes, my goodness, <laughs> you know, but... Um, Here's the rock. Who wants to yeah, be the first one to throw I mean, it? There's almost a freedom in being able to be that open and go, okay, um, all you have to do is Google my name. You're going to see it all. Mm-hmm. So I've been splayed open, and there's a freedom in that mm-hmm. in, in a sick way. But, but there is, you know. It's like, okay, I'm rolling over. You can have me. Mm-hmm. So That you can accept yourself with yes. every part of you. And that helps me to accept other people and what they've been through. Mm-hmm. You know, when they come in the door... They, they know they're accepted here. And mm-hmm. customers also accept them. And they, they know what we're about. I see. And if they don't, we tell them. It's self-selecting. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get, um, you're going to get a certain kind of person yeah. who wants to contribute. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it makes, it in those three months or, or longer, if the ladies stay longer, sometimes they do, um, they build a self-confidence and they build mm-hmm. a self-worth. And they build a self-acceptance so that it doesn't matter so much what someone else might wag their finger at them mm-hmm. or, or judge them. They're like, I know who I am when they walk out of here. And so it gives them the confidence to go into an interview and say, this is my past. Here it is. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. But I want another chance. And this is what I can do for you and what I can offer you mm-hmm. when you... Um, and, it, and if, they, if they're not open to it, then they don't need to be there anyway, and they mm-hmm. know it, and they can just walk away and go to the next person, mm-hmm. you know? So, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it sounds so profound. It, it's cool. I, I, you know, I've been here two years now, and I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't even want to leave. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't feel that way the whole time, but... It's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. It's so rewarding. How is it for you to live in a state that is not known for its uh, compact? Well, at, let's. Uh, I'm trying to think of a way to say this in a diplomatic way. It's not known for its compassion um, for uh, sort of the have-nots that 
um, I think the rest of the country uh, wonders about some of the decisions of, of the governor here and just wonder about it. I mean, is that something that you think about being in an environment in which maybe um, your initiatives might not be understood or are you in your own kind of world and bubble and know that you're with your people, you're supported and it doesn't matter. I'm just wondering if that's kind of a, a thing that swirls around. Um, yes, I understand where you're coming from with that. Um, I, I think what, what I've learned through my experiences is that people don't change until it affects them. You know, and when some of the haves have a granddaughter who gets in trouble with the drugs or spends the night in a jail, which they probably wouldn't because they'd probably get them out, but mm-hmm. it, when that starts hitting home, that's when things change. I see. They have to feel it. Unfortunately. It won't be us and them anymore. No, and, and it, it's a gradual process, I think, um, and... I I love the state of Florida. I was born and raised here, mm-hmm. and I've always embraced it, mm-hmm. you know, and I know, um, you know, politically it goes through its things, and I know that there's a lot of money in Florida, and sometimes when there's a lot of money, there's, you know, an attitude that might come with that, but I've also met people with money that are very generous mm-hmm. and that come from a whole different mindset, so... I think it's more about education, mm-hmm. and uh, you want to think that everybody with money is highly educated and highly advanced, and that's not necessarily two and two might not go together. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about education and open mindedness, mm-hmm. I think, and empathy, and empathy. But I, I know for myself, my empathy has come from pain, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I don't know the, the other ways to acquire that. I mean, I'm sure there's empathetic people who are born that way. And, but, you know, my, definitely my sweetness has come through um, suffering and then having my come-to-Jesus moment with myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Your lived experience. And, lived you're, experience. and you're talking about resilience, that you have been able to find resilience. Yes, I don't know. I'm just—I just know that I'm happy every day I wake up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you that, and that's a gift. What a view! It a, was a hard way to get there, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because I interview so many people who are, you know, midlife, um, post-menopausal, and perhaps not to your extent, but most people have been brought to their knees in one way or another with illness, with all kinds of stuff. And it's really a question of like, what do you do then? Now what? You know, you're on your knees. You might be in a fetal position. (laughs) And now what? Because it's a rare person who gets into middle life, older life, and doesn't get um, tested of course not to the extent um, that some people and, and certainly that you have but that's what I've seen um, with the with the folks that have spoken to me 
Yeah, and it, 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 with, with incarceration, I think the major thing you have to get over is the shame and guilt that goes along with that mm-hmm. and what other people, of course, think about it right. and all of that. So that's a big hump to go over. But I definitely have compared it to other life-changing forces like cancer, mm-hmm. divorce, bankruptcy, mm-hmm. loss of a loved one, mm-hmm. and those things. You know, there's I think there's different levels, and it just depends on what it takes for the individual. And I think... Um, you know, in, in my mind, God gives us what we need to come to that decision. Mm. And it, what's right for one person might not work for another. I mean, you see people that go to prison over and over, and I think they just get lost in the cycle mm-hmm. because, you know, just like the welfare system and mm-hmm. all these different cycles that happen that are negative. There's a hopelessness there, I'm sure. You know, that's interesting. You talked about cancer and and some of these things, but people will bring casseroles over if you have cancer. And they'll say, oh, me too. I had breast cancer, you know, pink ribbon sisters. That's not what happens when you get out of prison. That's why this, why why leave so unusual. Yeah. The story is so unusual. And why I feel like, um, I don't know, you know, um, (laughs) I don't want to get too holy on you, but, you know, Jesus was friends with the prisoners. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we have to have compassion. We have to question to ourselves, why did this person end up there? Um, I lived in a lifer's dorm, which is women serving a life sentence for two years. Now, I don't know why they put me there, but they did. And um, I thank I thank God for it because I learned so much from those women. And I see how one small moment of, you know, crime of passion can happen, which many times for those women, that's what it was. You know, they'd suffer abuse for many years and then they just snap. Mm-hmm. And how that can affect the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's done. And um, nothing made me sadder than to meet someone in their 20s where that happened, and they've been incarcerated for 30 years. And they're now in their 50s. <sighs> it's quite emotional, but it, mm-hmm. it made me see how, you know, it, it taught me a lot about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. About forgiveness. And my heart goes out to anybody who has had someone lost someone to murder or anything mm-hmm. like that in their families mm-hmm. I'm not understood yeah I'm, I, I'm not I know there's pains of all kinds mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying but when life is going well you're not going to take somebody else's life when things are no. you're when you feel powerful you have a sense of agency you're happy that's not that's not how this happens no it, it, especially like I say I can't speak for all cases, but what I saw was um, that saying, hurt people, hurt people. Yes. It's very, very true. Yeah. It's, it's, um, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, everybody has their own opinion, but it has changed my life, for sure. Were you accepted as a, a white woman who had come from, it sounds like, a more middle-class background? Were there feelings about that with some of the other women? 
Um, well, the, it's kind of interesting. The, in prison, what I found was the um, the hierarchy is, mm-hmm. is absolutely opposite of what it is out here in in society, and the blacks are the top, and then the more of the Latinos, and then the white on the bottom. And even though the prison I was in, the majority of the population was white, but um, I don't know, that maybe is something that's developed over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, Very interesting. mm -hmm. Who has the power? Yeah, and I I don't know, I, I... I think it was a blessing in disguise because it taught me a lot about how black women feel in our society. Mm -hmm. And I experienced prejudice and I kind of embraced that because it's like, wow, you know, this is horrible and this is what we do. And we don't mean to be judgmental, but I think we're raised in a certain way and we have Mm -hmm. certain uh, thoughts. A lot of times I tell people, You know, before this experience, I wouldn't have hired an ex-felon to do my yard work, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's just setting yourself up Mm -hmm. to have your house case Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to look at, now I'm viewed as one of those people, that Mm -hmm. that thing, and go, but what are the similarities? And then if you start looking at the similarities, it's a much better way to go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And realize, oh my gosh, these people have they feel responsible and they feel like they're letting people down. There's mothers in there. There's grandmothers in there. There's, you know, um, wives in there. There's, especially women, we're nurturers. And and when you're not able to do that, you know, the the shame and the guilt that goes along Mm -hmm. with that and all, Mm -hmm. we have so much in common. And um, I had, um, I had a variety of bunk mates, as you can um, imagine, and so all walks of life, I, you know, roommates that had, I call them roommates, but they, they called them bunkies in prison, mm-hmm. but that, you know, were all tatted up, that had a career selling crack, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, may have came from a, a different country and things are different in their country and, you know, they got on the wrong track, it, it, all kinds of people, but when you start looking at the similarities, you're much better off Mm -hmm. and you realize we're really all one. We really have the the same desires, the same wants in life. We all want to belong. We all want to be loved. Mm -hmm. You know, we're mammals at the bottom, you know, at at the end of the day, we all want to cuddle and be connected. Even if it's to a gang member, a fellow gang member, or somebody. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. What do you want the people listening to? I mean, there's you've, you've given so many beautiful lessons. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want people to know about um, your experience or Dragonfly or anything that I haven't... Um, I, I, just think, you. I just hope that people will keep an open-mindedness about other people's paths and journeys. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as LEAP, you know, look into our organization. Get on the website, um, 
Ladies Empowerment Action Program. It's uh, leapforladies.org mm-hmm. or dragonflythrift.org. It'll take you to the same place. We have an online store. Uh, we'd love for you to visit the shop, mm-hmm. have the experience of meeting the ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, every dollar, I promise you, every dollar goes to the ladies and helping the ladies mm-hmm. get another start. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful cause. And, you know, I know there's people out there that, that give um, money all the time to saving rescue pets, you know, and those kind of causes. Mm-hmm. This is just as worthy. Honestly, prison is a pound for people. That's exactly what's going on there. I see. So, you know, I, I hope that, um, you know, it, it's hard with people. It's harder, I think. You, you look at, I always think of this because I used to work in a shelter for rescued pets. Oh, boy. And I think, oh, my gosh, you know, I had so much compassion for animals, but I had no compassion for people before this happened to me. Not the same mm-hmm. way. Because people can be mean. They can. And so it's easy to go, oh, my gosh, and throw a label at them and go, you're this or you're that. Mm-hmm. But Honestly, if, if people had their mouths shut and couldn't talk like animals, we'd probably be a lot more compassionate. That's the trick. Right? Don't talk so much. Don't talk so much. But, you uh, know, I don't know. It's, you know, it, the world's a big old mess, and people are a big old mess. And, you know, we could just mm-hmm. have a little acceptance and, and try to um, find out why. You know, ask the question. Um, we're doing mm-hmm. a campaign right now called the More Than Campaign, mm-hmm. and it's about uh, more than a, being more than a label. Like I'm, I'm more than an ex-felon; mm-hmm. I'm a human being, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that spreads for everybody, you know. It's a like, hashtag more than, more than on your yeah, yeah on your social. More than, a, more than a, a a wife, more than a mother, more than a lawyer mm-hmm. or a doctor or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Bottom line, we're all one. Mm-hmm. Sure. I wanted to just uh, make sure our listeners, uh, uh, again, know where to reach you, which is dragonflythrift.org. Yes. And um, leapforladies.org. leapforladies.org. And I can tell you firsthand, I'm sitting in their shop right now, and it's got a really uh, beautiful feeling and vibe. And I feel very grateful to have just serendipitously fallen onto this meeting, Nancy. I mean, who knew? You know, Salvation Army was closed. I'm waiting to check into my hotel. And I saw this, you know, this ad and I thought, sure, I'll go down there. And you were so nice to agree to meet with me on no notice, not even short notice. And it's been such a, um, an education and, and such a, a heartwarming pleasure to speak with you today. I, I love you giving me the opportunity. It's great. Anytime I can talk about this, I will, because I, I just feel, you know, so strongly about it. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. 
And too much stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used up. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.